Uh, the African Champions League. Uh, now that the African Cup of Nations is over, time to shift all attention onto our domestic club scene. And uh, this weekend is the final match day of the group stages of the CAF Champions League. After this weekend, we're going to know which two teams advance from each group and go on to the quarterfinals, where really then the competition starts. As the Mamelodi Sundance coach Rulani Makuena said, this competition really starts in the quarterfinals. So let's let's talk about the CAF Champions League. Let's talk about uh, each of the groups, uh, some of our observations, and maybe let's preview this weekend's action. Um, so then two or three days from now, we can recap it all once we know uh, who's going to be playing who in the quarterfinals. Uh, in Group A, we have Mamelodi Sundowns and TP Mazembe, who have run away with the group. Um, those two sides are going to be playing one another to determine who's going to be um, group winners. Uh, Mamelodi Sundowns, as we know earlier this year, won the African Football League, the inaugural edition. Remember, FIFA's edition of the African Super League. Um, well, it's not really FIFA's. I guess it's a private entity. But FIFA were really behind the creation of the African Football League. So what's new with Mamelodi Sundowns um, since they won the African Football League? Sundowns since then, uh, until now in the DSTV Premiership, are undefeated. 13 wins, 3 draws, 0 losses. Um, they still have the tactical genius, Hulani Makwena, as a coach. But if you speak to people in South Africa and maybe people that know Sundowns pretty decently, they're going to tell you that despite the good results, maybe stylistically it hasn't been as impressive as they would have liked. Um, and that's okay. I think as Mokwane said, as Mokwena said, excuse me, uh, prior to this press conference against, uh, I gotta get my cat out of here. Prior to this press conference against TP Mazembe, um, for him, the Champions League starts after the quarterfinals. He also, I think, spoke very interestingly about football heritage, as you know, this is a conversation that we've been having really for the last 18 months with Sundowns because they would always get to the quarterfinals or the semifinals and then fail, whether it was to Petro de Luanda, whether against Wydad Casablanca. And generally, they were mistakes that were very avoidable, own goals or, um, or goalkeeping errors. And, you know, when you have a coach like Mukwena who drills the X's and O's, drills the minute details uh, prior to every match, and then you concede goals like that, you start thinking uh, these are mental mistakes from the players and how do you reduce that or how do you capitalize on that usually it's the intangibles it's things like you know the atmosphere that's created by the supporters uh, the pressure that the players can either handle or they can't handle and so on and so forth so uh sundowns i believe only lost one match yeah only lost one match and that was t two tp mazambi in the group stages now I, why is that interesting that's interesting because if you've ever watched a match in lubumbashi uh, where TP Mazembe play in, in, in the Congo, in the Katanga province of, of DR Congo, you'll know that it's probably one of the most intense atmospheres that is not in North Africa. You know, in North Africa, you can create those, those great atmospheres that we see in Casablanca um, or in Algiers even. But um, TP Mazembe, well, I love that they don't have a running track in their stadium. You know, they get right up there and, and it's it, you can feel the supporters cheering their team on. So for Sundowns to go there and lose and Mokwena say in the pre-match press conference that that was the most difficult match that they played in the group stages and that that was maybe one of the matches where they didn't dominate as much as they should have. I think that's a good warning shot for, Mazem, uh, for Mamelodi Sundowns. Um, but still, 
I think with the African Football League triumph of earlier on in the year, with South Africa showing so much mental strength in the African Cup of Nations with so many of those players coming from Sundowns, I think the, the arrow is pointing up for Sundowns. I, sh I think this generation of players have shown that they can handle those kinds of atmospheres and they can step up to the big occasion. And on top of that, they sign four very interesting players in the winter window. Matthias Esquivel and Tashrik Matthews. Tashrik Matthews, I think, is a former, you know, uh, very highly talented youngster who I think went to Dortmund at a young age. Very, very exciting winger, maybe, or attacking player. Matthias Esquivel is going to slot in in midfield, who uh, one of my friends said maybe could, you know, bypass Marcelo Allende. Um, Zuko. Dunielwa, I hope I got that correct, is a sort of right back, I guess, that's going to be um, competing with Kuliso Mudao and Tembin Kosi Lorch, who we all know as, uh, you know, the Orlando Pirates veteran who uh, has a lot of experience and I think can bring that kind of experience to Sundown. So for Sundowns to already be undefeated in the league and then to bring in all of those players, that's a signal of intent where we're not satisfied with the DSTV Premiership. No, we want to win the Champions League and perhaps we want to create a team and build a team for the FIFA Club World Cup. Mazembe. Mazembe, uh, I haven't watched too too much of, so I'm not, I'm not going to try to speak about them for too much. But again, the atmosphere is something that we have to talk about. And also, I think they have a great young um, attacking sort of trio or, or four players players especially like the Malian player Sheikh Fofana who scored so many important goals uh, for Mazembe in the Champions League uh, Joel Beya scored a lot of goals this season in the Champions League uh, Glody Leconza uh, another player that scored a lot of important goals for for uh, TP Mazembe so I, I really do like their attacking players and I think that um, they will uh, they'll be really important for Mazembe down the line one final point about Group A, and this is a point that's going to extend to the rest of really the groups, is that look at how many goals conceded by Mazembe and Sundowns. Mazembe only conceded one goal, and that was away from home to Pyramids FC, uh, one, where they lost 1-0. That was the first match of the group stages. Mamelodi Sundowns only conceded one goal, and that was to Tipe Mazembe? To Tipe Mazembe, away from home as well. So... What you're going to see throughout the groups is that this edition of the CAF Champions League is really rewarding teams that defend well. There's only one team that bucks the trend, but everybody else from the teams that are going to be advancing to the next round, they defend very well. And that's something to keep in mind uh, once we get to the quarterfinals. Group B, Asak Mimosa are already through. Uh, and then the second qualifi qualifying uh, match, uh, sorry, the second team that will qualify is either Simba from Tanzania or Widad Casablanca uh, from Morocco. Azek are already through. Let's talk about Azek. Azek, what were we just talking about? Strong defense. Azek have, I think, around four clean sheets. They've only conceded one goal as well, and that was in the first match of the group stages as well against Simba, and that was on a penalty kick. And their strength is Juan Lukulibali and Ibrahim Trabi. Uh, they're two center halves um, who are very, very, they play well together. One Lukuli Bali is more of the passing player that can play it out from behind, whereas uh, Ibrahim Trabi is more of like the get stuck in, I'm going to go up and, and meet you for the aerial duel, I'm going to tackle you and take a yellow card, much more physical. Um, and so Azak Mimosa, 
defending very well, and that's their strength. Um, if they concede another goal this group stage, it's because their last match is a dead rubber. They're already uh, the only team so far that's guaranteed to advance as the first place team um, into the quarterfinals. Um, let's talk about Simba and We Dead. Simba had a great run from, I believe, 2017 to 2020, where they won four straight Tanzanian Premier League titles. Um, since then, the last two to three years, I believe, have been won by their arch rivals, Young Africans, Yanga. Um, and when you talk to people in Tanzania, what they tell you is that Simba are not as well run as they used to be, perhaps. That they're still, they still have a great team, they still have great players, but you know, if they are, for example, chasing one player that Yanga is also chasing, Yanga, um, they can secure those that player's services much faster than Simba. And and the prime example is the Ivorian winger, who we're going to talk a lot more about, Pakom Zuzwa, uh, from Young Africans, who apparently was also a target of Simba's, but Simba took too long, they dragged their feet, and they've been a lot less efficient with their transfer signings. So, um, for example, bringing back a big name like Luis Mikison from Mozambique, the, the player that they used to have, that they sold to Al-Ahli, that they brought back, um, he's been very disappointing um, compared to his first stint. So <clears throat> because of the, the disappointments, because they lost 5-1 to Yanga in that crazy uh, East African derby earlier on in the league season, they got rid of their coach, Robertinho, um, and they brought in the Algerian coach, Abdelhaq bin Sheikha, who won the CAF Confederation Cup with USM of Algiers last season. The thing with Abdelhaq bin Sheikha, he's not really a tactical coach. He's much more of a man-manager. Um, and as a result, we're still not sure if that's what Simba needed, if they needed a young attacking coach or if they need this kind of man-manager. Maybe the man-manager is going to do them well in the Champions League if they can make it to the quarterfinals. Uh, but overall, the way the club has been run, I think they've been a little bit too wasteful with their resources. Um, and now they have a huge match against Juan and Galaxy from Botswana, who have shocked many people who got a win against Widad Casablanca, for example. Uh, but Simba should win. And as long as they better the result of Widad Casablanca, Simba will be on in the next round. As for Widad, Widad are playing against Asak. Uh, Asak are already through, as we mentioned. So this is a dead rubber for match for them. I expect them to really uh, turn over a lot of their players, maybe not start all of their starters. Um, and Widad started the season okay. Remember, they finished the final in the African Football League against Sundowns. But then their president of the club, Said Nasiri, he got locked up. He's been um, accused of uh, being involved in a drug scheme in Morocco. And uh, as a result, he's been locked up. And since then, there's been a lot of uncertainty around the club. Um, they, for example, I think immediately after he was locked up, I think they draw or lost, drew or lost the next four or five matches. So you can imagine that took quite a toll on the players. Um, they lost to Joanne and Galaxy earlier on in the year, as mentioned. Um, and that's really what got rid of their first coach, Adel Ramzi. But they bring in Fauzi Benzerti, the Tunisian coach, to be the coach of, of Widad Casablanca. And if you don't know who Fauzi Benzerti is, he's a legend of African football. Anybody that knows him or that has covered him for a little bit has an anecdote that, that is funny to tell. <laughs> he's basically this guy. He's very short. I'm short, but he's shorter than me. And he's very fiery as well. He, he can insult you by all names under the sun. Um, he's going to swear at you, insult your bloodline. Uh, he's going to smoke like a chimney. 
but he's somebody that loves football, you know. And so what he does is every, he's won everywhere. As soon as he gets hold of a club, he gets great short-term results. So he, he'll, first of all, work them really, really hard physically. Uh, he'll make players, I've, I've heard former players from the 1980s, to be fair, tell me that he had them put sandbags on their back and run up and down the hills. Um, he'll have teams solid defensively. And again, very much of a man manager. He's, if, you, if you can withstand uh, being coached tough, you're going to like him um, because he has a big heart. He's like, you know, that grumpy grandpa. But if you can withstand the criticism and you can give it all, give it 100% for him, he'll recognize that and he'll be, you'll, you'll end up having a great relationship with him. So Fauzi Benzerti, legend of African football, um, he managed to get Widad Casablanca back into this group stages, but now they need this result against Azek Mimosa, and they need to hope that Simba trip up against Juan and Galaxy. So it's not looking good for them. It's a, it's a long shot. But if Widad make it onto the next round with Fauzi Benzerti, now with maybe some stability after uh, their, their president, Said Nasiri's uh, been in jail for a few months now, maybe Widad can stage a run, but it doesn't look good for them this season. Let's move on to Group C. Uh, Group C, Petro de Luanda and Esperance de Tunis have, uh, well, Petro de Luanda have qualified from Angola. And again, let's go back to that first theme. What did we say? Teams that can defend well are being rewarded in this Champions League. Petro de Luanda have played five matches. They've scored three goals. And yet they're first with nine points in their group. They've conceded zero goals. They're, they're defending. Really, what their, their defending back line is so good. They have players like Tocarnero um, from you know who started matches for Angola at the at the Afcon. They have players like uh, Kinito, a center half who didn't start for Angola at the Afcon, but who could have. Um, players like uh, Ignacio Miguel, who was the other fullback, Tocarnero left back. Ignacio Miguel is sorry. Ignacio Miguel is the other the center half uh, alongside. Um, alongside Kinito, but they also have the right back who I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, what's his name? I'm blanking on his name right now. Eddie Alfonso. Eddie Alfonso is, is, the, uh, is the right back. So they really have like four defenders who um, are part of the Angolan national team setup and who we know Angola did really well at the AFCON. Um, they, also, they have some interesting wingers like Gilberto, who was great at the AFCON for Angola as well. Um, but their strength is really going to be defending well and making sure that you, they don't give up any goals, especially uh, away from home. So once they get into that quarterfinals and the two-leg knockouts, that's, that's a really um, advantageous way to play your football. Esperance de Tunis are one of the sides that I think are the most uncertain for me. You know, if you've been following the African Champions League over the last two or three years, there have been four sides that have been consistently the top. Mamelodi Sundowns from South Africa, Widad Casablanca from Morocco, El Ahli from Egypt, and Esperance de Tunis from Tunisia. Sundowns, we said, are just as good as last year uh, or even better now with some of the signings that they made. We're going to talk about El Ahli. Widad Casablanca, we said, have decreased a bit. Esperance de Tunis, I can't put my finger on it. I don't think they've decreased. I don't think they've improved. They're just different. They brought in, they practically changed all of their midfield and attack. They've brought in players, two Brazilians, Rodrigo Rodriguez and um, Jan Sass. Rodrigo Rodriguez is like a true number nine that can do everything. He can hold the ball up. He can play face to goal. Jan Sass is this left-footed winger that's 
uh, great technically. He was playing, I think, at Wellington Phoenix in Oceania. Um, but really, really good player. I like him a lot. Their midfield has changed completely with Roger Ahulu, a very you know uh, experienced defensive midfielder playing as a defensive midfielder. Uh, Hussam Tqa, for example, um, as one of their number eights, their shuttling number eights. And their eights now can score. They can, they can really shoot from a distance. Um, Al-Ayib, uh, Zakaria Al-Ayib is the other number eight next to Hussam Tqa that can, that can really put the ball on, on the goal. Uh, so many options from uh, the wing position, players like Usama Bougira, Hussam Adin Rasha, the Algerian that they signed from Turkey. So I'm droning on and on, but my point is that they changed almost everything from uh, the midfield and the attack. And as a result, I, they've been a little bit up and down, and I can't really put my finger on it. I think, I think they've improved, and I think they're going to be sneakily good. I think this could be a team that maybe we could have like a Sundowns versus Esperance final, but I'm not 100% sure simply because everything is new. And even their coach, Miguel Cardozo, is, is kind of new. Um, a Portuguese coach that had spells everywhere. They were kind of catastrophic everywhere, except for one club, Rio Ave in Portugal. But everywhere else, he wasn't really great. So we'll see about Esperance de Tunis. But I expect them, they, they play El Hilal uh, this weekend. They have a three-point advantage against El Hilal. So as long as they don't lose, uh, you know, 2-0, then they should be fine. Um, finally, let's talk about the last group, El Ahli and Young Africans. What were we talking about? Again, I'm going to keep coming back to this. Teams that defend well are rewarded. Al-Ahli have only conceded one goal. As, I, as I'm talking, they're actually playing against Young Africans. I believe they're winning 2-0. But so far, they've only conceded one goal. Young Africans are the one team that bucked the exception. They've conceded five goals in the group stages. Now, actually, now that, they've, now that they're losing 2-0 to Al-Ahli, they've actually conceded seven goals. But they've scored nine I really, really like watching young Africans. They're so exciting to watch. And their real great win came against uh, Sierra Belouizdad, the Algerian champions, uh, just last week on the 24th of February, where they scored four goals and they beat CRB 4-0. Um, young Africans, they, they, they have this coach, Gamondi, Miguel Gamondi, who's like really, he's like one of those coaches that lives and dies by his philosophy. He doesn't care about defending. He wants to play free-flowing attack in football, and whatever happens, happens. And they have the players to do it. Players like you know, Kennedy Musanda, who's like a very safe option. But for me, the two players that are the most exciting, in my opinion, throughout these group stages, Stefan Aziski, former Azik Mimosa player from Ivory Coast, who is like a number 10 or an attacking midfielder, left-footed, that strikes the ball so well. He can score so many goals or he can give so many assists. Just like a great, not a very dynamic player, but if he's in and around 25 yards from the goal, he can be a threat. Um, the other player, Pakum Zuzua. Oh, I think this has been one of my favorite players. This has been my favorite player to watch during the group stages. And he might even be my player of the group stages. He's a player that, a supreme dribbler, so much explosiveness. You get him on the ball, he can skip past two, three, four players and then score or assist. And... In my opinion, yeah, it's just been so, so fun to watch. Um, players like this are like Cavaliers, they're Mavericks, but that's what we watch football for, right? And so young Africans, they, they, they beat Simba, as we mentioned, 5-1, they beat CRB 4-0. They have that potential, but they can also concede a lot of goals. And that's, I think, a style of play that's not really conducive to the African Champions League that I think they're going to struggle with. 
However, uh, they're going to be fun to watch. So young Africans in Ahli are through. My prediction is that Petro Luanda and Esperance de Tunis are going to go through. And Asik Mimosa and Simba are going to go through over Widad. Uh, and finally, Mazembe and Sundance, who are already through. That's, I think, going to be the quarterfinals. Uh, let me know if you agree or not. Um, and then we're get, once you know the the, quarterfi- the the group stages are over, and once you have the, the draw, we're going to go through these um, matchups one by one. But uh, overall, this competition is rewarding defending. And, 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 if you've noticed, only two North African sides will be go- going on to the, the quarterfinals if my predictions stand true. Just Al Ahli and Esperance de Tunis. That's something that is completely different to the last six or seven years where we've had at times, you know, like two clubs, two clubs from each country going through. So um, maybe that's going to be uh, another conversation for another time, maybe as we preview the quarterfinals. But the North African nations uh, have not necessarily done well in this CAF Champions League. So. Let me know who you're looking forward to watching, um, what have been your main observations uh, during the group stages of the CAF Champions League. And uh, yeah, we'll break down the quarterfinals as, as they approach. Thank you, and we'll speak soon. Peace.